captain of Ingog. Akiva's faces his job in GOG with Keeve and Ellie and Zooey. Welcome back to New Girl, Lawyer Girl, Old Guy, the podcast you've been listening to for many years now. Uh, this podcast has been about 10 years old. We just celebrated our 10th anniversary. Uh, first, it was the prelogue to New Girl. Now we're in New Girl, the actual show. And uh, we're so excited that you're tuning back in. I'm Hannah Shapiro. Uh, you can usually find me on Pawnee Public Radio. But now, uh, in an episode in which there were two girls at the focus, they had to bring on a second female. So that's why I'm here. Uh, please welcome your regular hosts, Ali and Akiva. I really love that we made the guest introduce the show. That was great. That was great. It gives me so much joy. And yeah, who better than an improviser to bring in a professional improviser to improvise the opening? That was amazing. Oh, man. You know, professional improviser doesn't get you anywhere except in uh, except credit when introducing a podcast. It really doesn't do anything for you. If you're about to spend thousands of dollars at an improv theater, (laughs) don't. It's something. Um, I'm so excited. Hannah, I was the first guest we ever booked. I know Puya scooped her by one slot, but the first person we talked about having a guest on, uh, and you picked this episode, we're episode 11, Jess and Julia, after, mm-hmm. after taking some time off. So people have been waiting for this. We've been waiting for it. Your um, Twitter why- fans were very upset. I'm, su- I'm impressed by how, how emotionally invested they are in their new episode every week. I love it. Just like my life, I like to keep a small but mighty group. <laughs> like it's a tight, just a tight, passionate group. We're family only here, and I loved it. We're sorry we were gone, but we're back. You picked Jess and Julia this episode. I picked it before the podcast. It, you you released the pilot <laughs> of the podcast, and I said, hey, if you ever get to Jess and Julia, I wasn't even sure what season it was. I was surprised <laughs> to find out it was season one. I was like, that is everything I like about New Girl as a show, even if it's not like as well-oiled as later episodes and later seasons. It's what I like about New Girl. Yeah. So I wanted to Akiva, come on to this you're one. coming in you're coming in new to this. Yes. Um we got we should give your digest. So this episode aired January 31st, 2012. Uh Kiwi, do you want to give Kiwi's digest here your quick episode summary? Yes. So the episode is called uh Jess vs Julia, right? Nope. <laughs> no, a Julia what's it called? Just Jess and Julia. Jess Doesn't and have to be Julia. So I said that last week I think too. Jess and Julia. It was and... a Freudian slip. Mhm. And uh, Julia, the lawyer who's uh, Nick's current girlfriend, who we met uh, previously, um, is, you know, basically goes uh, tip top toes with with uh, with uh, the titular new girl during this episode. She ends up helping her fight a uh, a, some sort of traffic ticket. uh, And uh, that's fun. But really, in the end, they uh, they have they have a big fight. a lot of people end up crying. Nick ends up crying. Um, I don't know. It's this is a fun episode. I, 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 the Kiwi's Digest doesn't really doesn't really do this uh, uh, justice. I want to talk about this episode. It's. I will say. I'm going to say right off the bat, Allie. It's my favorite episode so far. Oh, good. I'm glad. I'm glad that I didn't say this is everything I like about the show, and you were like, eh, it's fine. 
Um, I love this episode. I love Lizzie Kaplan. I think this is a really interesting dynamic. And Hannah's sort of been in my head because Hannah, if, if I may, I have a history of exposing Akiva's private messages to me. If I may, I, I think oh, no. with restraint, okay. expose one of your private messages to me. You were sort of like, in just like the nicest Hannah way, like no offense, but I think the Jess and Julia dynamic works for us to talk about because I being Hannah in this, in this scene, relate more to uh, Jess and you, Allie, the horrible person might relate more to Julia. And I, of course it took no offense to that, but it, it, it's, it has made me view this episode and the last one through a different lens than I think I ever have because I knew we were going to be talking about this and I knew that that was something you had been thinking about and yeah. our listeners were thinking about it because Holly Ann wrote, is Julia the character that Allie relates to the most on the show? So she didn't even write no offense. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to defend Julia quite a bit in this recap. I've been thinking a lot about it um, and I didn't mean any offense by it. I think I just like I, you know, this is still season one, so Jess is a little bit cartoony at times during season one. Um, but I guess I can relate to... Um, I've been accused of... Um, pe- people have maybe thought that some of my personality is, uh, you know, an, an act. You know, when I was on TV, there were people that thought... That accused me of being a tryhard. And initially I thought that just meant you tried really hard. And so I was like, of course I'm a tryhard. I try really, really hard at everything I do. But it means that you're like putting on some sort of personality. And I've always been like, I'm the opposite. I have no poker face. I am who I am and I've just accepted that. So I think I can relate to the situation Jess is put in. And I guess from my impression of Allie being sort of like a very like cool lawyer kind of the opposite i that that's what led me to that text akiva um this is a trap for you right oh yeah no i'm not answering (laughs) whatever you're gonna ask i'm gonna no comment i think no look i mean i think this is gonna be an interesting exploration as we go through i don't actually think julia is terrible i like julia quite a bit i like a lot and i like julia and i 100 percent see the comparison and i have been Julia, in many situations, I'm a dessert person. I'll spoiler alert for that. But, yeah, I mean, I I have more of a buttoned-up job. I, like, can't always have the most fun. <laughs> like, it's there, there, like, I can relate to sort of that aspect of it. And also looking at women. I see myself more as the I bake. You know, we've had this whole, this has been a whole exploration on RHAP of, like, I see myself as this, like, friendly baking girl. And, you know, Rob and Akiva and all of the other listeners and everybody else sees me as this, like, a-hole lawyer. So it, it I, I relate to Julia 100%, but I also, you know, maybe need to hold a closer mirror to myself because I don't, a hundred percent see myself that way if that makes sense i don't see you a hundred percent i think we're all a little bit of jess and a little bit of julia and it's not it's not that i'm like oh that that julia girl that's Allie. that's a photocopy (laughs) of Allie. it was just where i thought i mean part of the reason and we'll get into it it's like one of my favorite episodes is so the showrunner as you guys know of new girls elizabeth merriweather and there were very few female showrunners at the time Um, And for those who don't know, like when you're in a writer's room, you're all writing to the showrunner's ideas. And um, even the person writing the episode, the showrunner has the ultimate say. And so there were so few female showrunners at the time. I worked for one on Trophy Wife. um, 
you know, for all the crap she gets, Lena Dunham was one. Now there's there are more female showrunners, and luckily more women of color are running rooms. But this was one of the few um, female showrunners, and so you know, I you go into New Girl being like, I want to explore things about what it means to be a female written by a female, and then a lot of the show isn't that for a while. So like, I'm excited to get into it. That was a no. long speech on a soapbox, but I'll throw, I'll burn the soapbox now. No, it was fascinating because obviously we have not introduced you and we've sort of come into this guest thing where you host the show and then we introduce you after the show. So I'm glad that you've worked in some of your expertise here into the conversation because a normal show would introduce you uh, with your credentials. But I could have introduced myself. No, That's no, no. Me. It's it's more fun at the end, I think. But, but um, or more us. I think, Akiva, Hannah raises a super interesting point that, like, to me, we've talked a lot, you talk a lot on your various recap shows and New Girl about, oh, it's sitcom-y, it's sitcom-y, it's sitcom-y. To me, this sort of, are you a Jess, are you a Julia, and how do those women interact is is not a very well-explored sitcom-y trope, especially for when this came out. So I, at least watching this I don't think it's been sort of done to death is that sort of a new concept for you also or am I asleep at the wheel here no I think what you're saying makes sense like if we were doing a Seinfeld podcast we couldn't really we're gonna we can't really have a conversation certainly you know if you picked a random episode hey are you an Elaine or are you a Sue Ellen Mischke you know what I mean like there you'd be lucky if there were one or two episodes where you could even have this conversation out of 180 so whereas uh you know Hannah's right I think the first 10 episodes maybe we couldn't have had this much there's many episodes without a second uh, female with any speaking parts, really. Uh, you know, this episode, maybe it'll turn the corner. I don't know. You know, we're, uh, the, you know the titular new girl is out number three to one, usually. Uh, this episode, the tables are turned a little bit. I believe there's more women than men. But, uh, it, yeah, it is interesting. I, I, it, just the idea of, like, yes, this is a relatively normal sitcom that doesn't break a ton of barriers, but, you know, in terms of... Um, it, it, it may be in maybe in terms of the structure of the show, but just the very idea that like we're looking at it from Jess's perspective and you can see people in it is, you know, is something. Big. Yeah, I guess for me I like I think about like favorite my favorite line like when I think about my favorite shows, I think about moments or lines I really like. And Jess's speech about like I can I can be this and I can be that and I can still be strong is something I relate to. And it's it's so funny you say that because, yeah, I feel like Jess gets that speech and in the scene before, the scene after maybe, uh, and we'll get to it, Julia has a speech that I extremely relate to. So maybe it is <laughs> like, and again, it's, and it's, it's not even so much like, do you relate to Jess or do you relate to Julia? It's such a real life situation for women to be in this sort of, and I want to talk about this more, but like this dynamic with a per with the a person woman or man that you that like is has to be in your orbit who you don't super connect with and you feel judged by and you're also judging and especially if you have male friends who are dating someone if it's that person like to me this is an extremely real life situation and I've been both the Jess and the Julia and that's what I think makes it work so well and and like it's obviously a person thing and not just a female thing I do think that like females are pitted against each other because there's so many impossible standards for how a female is supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to bake and do this thing and, and do this and this, but you're also supposed to be strong or else you're just going to seem like a cartoon character. Like 
there's a bazillion impossible standards, and I just think, in a very lighthearted, fun way, this episode tries to play with that. When it starts, when the scene starts, it's Nick and Julia in bed, and she sees mm-hmm. Jess in the bathroom, and it's, to me, again, a very, like, cartoonish introduction of, like, two women interacting, and then it gets to, like, the breakdown, and then it gets real at the end, where, like, the start is, like, tampons and towels, am I right? Like, hair everywhere, am I right? And it's, like, very, like, surface-level what probably Akiva would write about sharing a bathroom with a woman. I don't mm-hmm. want to I do share a bathroom with a woman. I know, and I feel like this is the bit you would a write A lot of hair. It. There's a lot of hair Yeah, exactly. Yeah, everything's damp and, like, mm-hmm. products and tampons. Ha-ha. But I like how Jess is unapologetic about it. She's like, let's do this, like, tampon hiding bit. Like, I, I feel like she's just like, this doesn't mean anything. I'm just going to whisper to you that there are tampons. <laughs> And she's making an effort, and this is, we got a question about this, and I have nothing in order, so I'll credit this person later, but, like, sort of about the dynamic of if you are, have friends of the opposite sex or the same sex, and they're, you know, like, friends who are interested in your gender, how you navigate that. Well, that's Um, my biggest defense of Julia, if we're jumping out of order. I'll get, I can, I can get into it more, but I always, throughout this episode, whenever Julia comes off badly... I think about how Nick acted with uh, Genslinger, how his behavior was sort of irrational and angry and weird. And I think it's all because of like the sexual tension between Jess and Nick, which has been admitted. And so it's not just like, oh, here's this girl who like likes the same gender as my boyfriend and lives with him. There's like obviously a tension there that Nick felt and that Julia felt, but Julia is you know, more blamed for reacting to. And and I think that serves up sort of why Jess is like trying to make this connection in the beginning, even if it's over like girl stuff, because you have to, from my perspective, I have a lot of male platonic friends and from high school, college, and you have to, like my, my philosophy is that the second they start dating someone, you have to get in tight with that person. Like, You've got to be friends with the girlfriend. You've got to be friends with the wife. And I believe, obviously, that men and women can be friends. But it has helped me avoid any confrontation with any girlfriend ever because I am immediately the most welcoming, the most nice, like, person on the block. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what Jess is sort of doing here, recognizing the sexual tension. I think you're nailing it, Hannah. Like, obviously, that's at play here, and I just knows it. And so she's sort of overcome, like, I'm so excited to have a woman here. I'm so excited that you're here. And, like, that would be me, too, 100%. Hmm. Key, have you got anything to say, man? I just found out, Hannah, that I'm not friends with Allie, I think. Because I'm not friends with your wife? Yeah. Have oh I not God. made every effort? You First of all, it's different because no, you you're, like, I'm a parent. Teasing. But I <laughs> more meant when I'm, like, people my age <sighs> in a college dorm. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean... I brought cookies to Dr. Jen when I went to that's their house. That's true. That's true. That's like my It's favorite. weird to even talk like that because that's so not how I view that part of like our relationship with Chester and everything. I'm more talking about my peers. Sorry, Akiva, you're not. His peers. Once you have four kids, you exit my concern. Fair. <laughs> I don't need to yeah. do that anymore. <laughs> Am I crazy though? Akiva, you were you were never single, but like right. uh, is that a conversation? I hear what you're saying. I think I think your strategy is maybe slightly unique, but I think it's a good strategy. I think I, you get in right away. Are there still people that don't trust you though? Is like, no, sorry, rejected. I had one. I had one issue. I had one issue, but it was we were freshmen in college, so it's like, whatever, yeah, that man. doesn't matter. That's nothing. 
But I, I generally don't have a problem. And also, like, it's not disingenuous, right? It's not fake. It's like, if I like my... I am the easiest... This is maybe going to surprise both of you, but if you introduce me to a significant other and I like you, I will 100% come in open-minded and assume, like, with the benefit of the doubt that I'm going to love your significant other. This it might takes a surprise lot. you, but I am... You the opposite? I'm not the opposite. That's a harsh... <laughs> Thing. But I definitely have had a friend be like, I was nervous to introduce you to my boyfriend. But I think maybe she sensed that there was a reason. Yeah. I don't want to get too much into it, but <laughs> Hannah gives first and last names of the people she talks about. I, I tried to stop doing that. Um, no, I just really, I, you know, I come in rooting for them, obviously. And I also know for a sure that if you're the enemy of someone's relationship, you you lose as the friend. So you have to be supportive. I'm just, I really love my friends and I want the best for them. Um, yeah. So maybe I'm not as instant fan as you are, Allie. I mean, it's not that it, no one's lost me, but it's sort of like, it's just, I assume like my, the person I like is going to like someone I like, no, but that's it fair. doesn't always happen. I assume people are good when I meet them, so that helps. I, I, my, my first assumption is that a person is not bad. And then when people are bad, it really surprises me. Well, I don't like good people, so I feel like... No, I'm just kidding. Um, all right, let's get to the, the scene that let's rocked the listeners. Okay. Um, and if I'm skipping around, you know, jump in, jump, whatever you need. But uh, Jess, as you mentioned, Kiwi, uh, is asking Julia for help. I don't even think we need to discuss how classic of a trope it is. Like the lawyer, the corporate lawyer is going to randomly help me with this traffic ticket. Mm-hmm. Um, Are you and saying how your friend should not is. bother you about this? Well, it's also just like how crazy it would be that right. Jess asked her in the yes. first five minutes. Yeah, it's a wild her. favor. If, it would be an annoying favor if your best friend asked you this. Well, you know what's weird is like I've so I've never gotten a traffic ticket. I've gotten two parking tickets in my life. One was not my fault. Mm-hmm. And the one that was not my fault, I was in high school and my parents agreed it was not my fault. And I, I didn't know this, but at least where I'm from, if you like appear with an attorney, you like cut the line. But if you appear by yourself, like you could be there all day. And my dad, who is a lawyer, was like, I'm not taking off a day of work to fight your, like, $50 traffic ticket, like, parking <laughs> ticket. I agree it wasn't your fault. Like, the police officer told me he was, like, writing it down and couldn't rip it up, but if I called, it would get removed. Anyway, I, it was not true, and I would have fought it successfully, and my dad was like, I'm not, you can go by yourself So if your you own want. father wouldn't do this, so definitely not. Exactly. So, so I was not able to get that removed. If I could go back, I would do it myself. So anyway, the point is, is I get if that's the reason – that, like, just from a practical standpoint, it's better to have a lawyer there. But I don't think she's going to improve. I mean, she'll improve Jess's argument because Jess ends up pleading guilty. But I don't think you need a lawyer to go tell a story about you swerving for a bird. No, that's fair. That's I not got... legal advice, but that's just my me watching the show. When I was a kid, I went with my dad to uh, a parking ticket uh, session. That's not what a lawyer thing <laughs> is called. A parking ticket tit-a-tat what do you uh, you You had to appear in court for your ticket yeah okay Uh, and I was like in the back row I think I was like seven or eight and my and I offer I in the back said I'll pay for the ticket because I got really anxious and so the judge gave him like a very low amount 
And he said, how much money do you have? And then I said, <laughs> I think I was like, I have $10. And he was like, done. So as a child, I, I was a really successful lawyer. Is but, what I'm trying to say. Both my parents are lawyers, so I'm. I'm I think that would make them. a good law school essay. I'll tell you that much. Um, Thank you so much. Um, <laughs> if you I'm ever not decide planning to on doing that, that, but yeah. Um, but okay, so Jess has baked cupcakes for the occasion, and uh, Julia drops. I'm not a dessert person. Keith, Matt Stewart wants to know: Are you a dessert person? Is this what shocked our listeners? This is what they wanted to talk about. Is that what you're? Yes. Talking? Okay. We got multiple questions wow. about. Are we dessert people? And then my friend Kelly from law school mm-hmm. says, is there a reasonable slash inclusive argument I'm not thinking of to trust someone who is, quote, not a dessert person? I'm with Jess on this. Mm-hmm. So we got a lot of feedback about this. Yeah, I I mean, I it, most almost everyone is a dessert person. So I'll say I'm a dessert person. But if you lined up the dessert people, I'm like in the 12th percentile of dessert people. Like only on because I don't eat the bottom. Only I don't. I don't eat chocolate. That's my, this is my problem. You know what you like? Do you like cheesecake? Yes, I do like cheesecake. So I, like I have pie. a theory. My second lash theory is about men and cheesecake. Okay. What? But it? we'll talk about that another time. Okay, fine. I'm never. I'm not going to be able to think of anything else until I, I know the you're going to have to message theory. us men, after the podcast. Men love cheesecake. That's the theory, and like it's not foolproof. Obviously, like don't at me, men. <laughs> like I don't care. But by and large, I have found. I I feel like scientifically, women are bigger. Dis- scientifically, in my experience, women are more likely to have a sweet tooth than men. Again, not foolproof. Not science. And, but men go bananas for cheesecake. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, I like apple pie, I mean, but no chocolate. That's lash theory, baby. Mm-hmm. I'm really high up in the dessert loving people to the point where, like, I would be on a bad date and still order dessert because <laughs> I wanted dessert. Hannah, do you bake? Because Allie bakes, but some people think she wouldn't. So I didn't know how to turn on my oven before quarantine. Here's mm-hmm. a way <laughs> Me I'm neither. not also like Jess. So. You know, I I'm I don't I am I would not say I'm a baker, but I I am learning. But I definitely love dessert. Like so, I got, I got really spoiled as a kid. My mom bakes carrot cake and pecan pie and the best brownies, and so I grew up with really good baking around me. And um, yeah, it's it's weird to not like dessert. That is a very strange thing. My dad is allergic to chocolate, though. So you and him could split a dessert. Cheesecake, probably. Yeah. Probably. I don't think a lot of restaurants just drop in cheesecake, honestly. A ton of restaurants. That's ton. like a huge wait, that is a huge dessert staple for a restaurant. Maybe not in kosher restaurants that I go to. Also because well, usually if you go to a, yeah, you go to a meat, meat restaurant, restaurant, obviously not gonna get cheesecake. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> well, you wanna hear my most Jess and Julia mashup moment is that I ordered uh groceries this weekend i aspired to make pumpkin bars and i didn't have time because of work so it's like that that's the biggest uh the, i'm in the venn diagram for that one um but okay i mean i maybe you guys didn't react as big to this i i agree that when someone's like i'm not really a dessert person i'm like me okay like i can't relate don't understand but like I there's read, no way i read this less about the dessert and more like you're not my cup of tea yeah, like I know oh yeah of course, like, of course of course but... <laughs> i know like i know for the listeners listening like yes it's crazy that she doesn't like dessert <laughs> but i think the rejection i mean jess in the scene is dressed in a red dress and she hands her a red velvet cupcake she is the cupcake the metaphor could not be any clearer 
they are the same. She is the red velvet cupcake. They look the same. Well, also, I mean, to me, Jess is, Jess is like the, the read is that Julia is sort of being cold and unreasonable, but Jess tucks her in with the blanket. Like, I think J- Julia gets too mean here in the scene with like, here's your blankie. But, uh, Jess, and Jess. I love the comparison to Genslinger you, because it's he, like. Right, he gets a little too mean too at one point also. Exactly. Right? So that is interesting. Yeah, the gang, and I think the gang is always going to be like the the good guy at, at the end of the day. And even though like they're tr- like these are not cartoonish monsters, Gunslinger or um, or Julia here, but I think like any like truly like abhorrent behavior, even if only for a second, is going to come from them and not from the core four. Right, but I just I like the idea that Nick's reaction to Jess dating is to get really grouchy, and Jess's reaction to Nick dating is to become cartoonishly sweet. Because while I do relate to Jess, it got to the point in this scene that it. What I mean, it's also just season one. You'll see Akiva like as we mm-hmm. go on, she she becomes a tiny bit more grounded. Mm-hmm. Allie, would you say that's true? Yeah, I, and and I understand the impulse key for you to be saying that like they're gonna mostly come out on top, and like obviously they will. Like it's this isn't Seinfeld, but. I do think there's a lot of learning that happens for all of these characters and like they don't get it right all the time. Mm-hmm. Like I, I think this show is not afraid to have them F up with each other and with other people. But you know, sure. not as much as Seinfeld. Would you be more, uh, both of you, be more horrified by the not a dessert person or someone who has sheets that have been in the family for 40 years? <laughs> I don't see a problem with either. No, no, dessert okay. person, obviously. The dessert person, Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we had a bed in our family home that had been there for a long time. I think my great my great grandmother may have passed away in it. I'm mm. not sure. I mean, beds I think are different than the sheets. Like you could change the sheets on a bed, and I don't know. Well, also you know from the towel, like Nick's not washing the sheets either. That's true. <laughs> no, that's true. Um, I, let's talk about the breakdown between the female friends because now we get Cece and we get to see more of Cece's personality and her relationship with Jess. Um, and then and we get Sadie. the introduction of, yeah, Sadie, June Diane Raphael, who is one of my favorite characters on New Girl. Spoiler alert. Mm. Mm. The lesbian gynecologist. I loved June Diane Raphael. I think she's hilarious. And I think she's so... F- I, spoiler alert, Akiva, she gets trotted out more than one other time. I know we yeah, normally have a guest. Spoiler alert, but. Her, best, her best is when she's really horny and pregnant at a bachelorette party full of models. That's her her best scene for me. Um, I love this moment, though, because this is so, like... Cece, I have friends like Cece. I am friends like Cece. To me, like, you have different friends for different purposes. You have the friend you go to who's going to tell you you're right no mm-hmm. matter what. You have the friend who t- you talk go to who's going to give you the real business. You have the friend you go to who's a 37-year-old oh Orthodox Jewish father in Israel. <laughs> you have the friend you go to. like So, so like, to me, Cece, this is the perfect trio of, like, Cece's, like, you're right, no matter what. Give me the ribbon hat. I'm gonna wear the ribbon hat. She said what to you? Oh my god, let me like, where is this bitch? I'm gonna talk to her. And uh and I love that. I love like that fiercely totally like taking your side female. It's fan. also Cece, one of her best qualities throughout the show is her protectiveness of Jess. Like I feel like she's at her strongest when she's protecting Jess, who's sort of like a, you know, sometimes a cartoon bird. Um, so that's, it's a good look for Cece. 
the I'm going to smack that lawyer her, learning yeah. right out of her mouth. I love that line. Love it. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Akiva, you live with a lot mm-hmm. of women. Three. Yeah. Sometimes mm-hmm. more. Not that was a weird thing. Like you had had recently had long term. Yes. Practice. Oh yeah, Not yeah. Like I you sometimes have women yeah, come through. Um, <laughs> how familiar are you with this like girls fight with a lot unsaid uh, situation? I'm pretty familiar with it. I do think I, I think it's less common amongst kids, maybe. Uh, and I don't. No. No. Strong disagree. <laughs> strong, strong disagree. When I was in middle school, we had to have girls group. Because all the girls were being too underhanded mm-hmm. and mean to each other. I mean, come to think of it, my oh, my sister did have like girls who she would just like be her best friend, but then they would like not be invited to her bat mitzvah because they would be like on a break for a year, but then they'd be best friends again. There was a girl who did who didn't invite me to her seventh grade pool party, so I no, I accidentally didn't invite her. Then she didn't invite me. Same with the bat mitzvahs. Then she dated this this guy this uh, basically my cousin who lived with us. Then. She went to Northwestern Mm-mm. and was in my program. I'm not saying her name on purpose in case Allie knows her. She was in the program. Then she studied abroad with me in Cuba. We never liked each other. Then we both moved to L.A. She started <laughs> dating my roommate, the second man I lived with platonically. She started dating, and now they're married, and I was not invited. Wow. That is unbelievable. Also, yes, Hannah and I went to college together. It's another mm-hmm. piece of the intro that we just dropped along a nugget along the way. The people listening are like, who is this chatty chick? No, they keeps, love it. Who keeps monologuing and I know nothing about. That's what Wait, every that's listener... a crazy story. No, Hannah, no, that that's an crazy. amazing story. That's probably the best I'll, story. I'll I know. I would want, reality. not on the podcast, but I would definitely want like a more of a breakdown because this is interesting. Here's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I'm going to I'm gonna text Allie her name and she's not going to say it, but she's going to tell me if she knows her. You're going to, you know I'm not going to know her because I don't know anyone from Northwestern. Um, wait, I almost texted it to the wrong person. <laughs> Did you text that person? It's no. crazy you weren't invited to the roommate's wedding. That's... I, I was there for the first date and before I told him how he should like make his first move and he used my move and did not what's um, the move share the move um here i just texted you her name no I just idea said, who this is okay great i don't even um, know how i would pronounce this name um Vandalin. so uh i basically <laughs> i basically what no, it was a seinfeld joke he made a seinfeld joke he's in Vandalin. Oh um no i it wasn't that much of a move i just was basically like because he, he was, like, a, he's a slightly nerdier guy. And I was, like, just, you know, after dinner, like, really go for a walk. And, you know, on that walk, feel it out and then go for the kiss, which is what he did. It's not, like, a slick move. I, I, I did not invent walk around and then kiss her. Does this woman have Facebook? She does. Oh, um, I think her name changed, but now she's Yeah, here. of course your name yeah, changed. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm looking at the roommate. Her, her name only changed slightly, you'll see. Yeah, it, it, was, a, it was, that's why I clicked Very it right away. Slut- Something I really didn't like, though, I remember this guy talking about that <clears throat> if they got married, it would be a deal breaker if she didn't want to change her last name. And like, I might change my last name, but my mom and my dad have been married for 30 mm-hmm. years. She has her maiden name. It would have to be my choice. Yeah. Like the fact that it was a deal breaker was such a deal. Whatever. I, I didn't, didn't even know. I did. didn't even know if my wife changed her legal name, name legally or not for like a decade. <laughs> you still don't now know. I know. Oh, you do I know now. Know for... What was it? But what was her maiden name? Uh, Mara. Uh, Seligan. Yeah. I mean, anything's better than Wiener. Downgrade. We have the, the word Wiener's tough, in the name. Wiener it's not even the whole tough. thing. <laughs> well, it's better. I think it's better to have more than less. In a yeah, lot of yeah, I guess you're, there, I guess. yeah, like but Anthony the, Wiener, Wiener would get more fun of than Wiener. Wiener. That's true. My third grade right. teacher went from Miss Harrington 
to Miss Thorne. And I remember thinking, oof. And I was only in third grade. <laughs> but yeah, this girl and this the most subtle underhanded girl fight that lasted us through our Do whole Do you think lifetime. what would it be funny if like one day you became friends with her? I thought that's where the story was going, no, honestly. I wish this is where the story was going. No, I mean, listen, she was so mad. We both got in early decision to Northwestern. She was so upset. She was so excited to get into college. We just, like, didn't. And I kept saying the wrong thing to her, too, of course, whenever. Because we shared a kind of group of friends in high school. Um, and there was some mean sleepover stuff back then. R- real girl fight. Um type things uh my point was kids can do mm-hmm. this was, was sure yeah no for sure I, I i sort of retract it but I, I i i don't know if it's just a stereotype how uh, old are your girls uh, 14 and 11 mm-hmm. the 11 year old is direct she's not doing this like like for me i do this on occasion for sure but way less frequently because i'm much more likely like i'm much more confrontational than the sort of oh, I've become so direct, and and to be clear, men do this too. There's just something about the dynamics that females are sort of set up into. Like we're right, we're not saying that. I well, know. I think there's another episode later of New Girl where yes, they sort of address is. that how men fight versus how women fight and how men do this too. So we will discuss that, uh, and Nakiva can give us more insight there mm-hmm. as well. Uh, maybe you could tell us about your six-year-old and your three-year-old, how yeah. they fight <laughs> way they, in there. They pretend to play Among um, Us and murder each other. What do you guys think of this towel subplot? Mm-hmm. I mean, basically... It's worth it. Yeah. It's only worth it for the last yeah, line I of agree. the episode, in my opinion. That last line always makes me giggle. I also... I'm laughing now just remembering You want to say it, it just because some Schmidt, people uh, just listen to the podcast, yeah. Ellie? So the whole the whole episode basically, Schmidt is like the tiny off brand story, what we call the C story, and he's just not involved in anything except that he really wants his towels wet the whole episode. And we learn at the very end that him and Nick have been sharing a towel. And then there's a pause and we think that's gonna be it. And then he's like, Have you been wearing our underwear? And then Nick is like, We all wear each other's <laughs> underwear. It's just so weird and random and i just i always imagine the writer pitching it being like yep all right that's the button of the whole episode see you are not people love that line and listeners love that line too it's not my i i think my favorite part of the towel story the reason i don't love that is to me it's inconsistent with who i view schmidt as as a character as he develops that he would be against nick using his underwear like i know he's That's super fair. clean but i almost feel like schmidt would be like trying to right. get he's him still to trying to see and, his yeah. wiener right like he's still trying to yeah like so so to me it doesn't ring super true but i love the I, it's it is still mm-hmm. funny and i love the the towel, the towel washes, washes me, me. i don't line. wash the yeah. towel i love that line and then I also love this moment where, you know, Schmidt runs in because he hears the phrase lesbian community. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, I did date. He's like, 
And he goes, yeah. do the do your friends uh, look a lot like this one pointing to Cece or are they kind of Nickish? And she goes, I did date a woman who did, they looked kind of like Nick. Oh, Felicia. Yeah. I, I can't even get through recounting that scene because it's yeah, so that's funny. great. Also, when he's like when he just says one, one of my favorite Schmidtisms so far. Where he's like, oh, a lesbian gynecologist. Maybe we'll get together and discuss OSI. They're like, what? OSI? <laughs> he's like, yeah, our shared interest. <laughs> this is a spoiler, but they do get together. Yeah, they do. Right, I'm glad. I'm glad. Show. I'm happy to be spoiled. Um, I, I kind of like to, and I don't know if you guys feel this way, but I feel like if we're talking about like almost like underhanded female fighting, having Schmidt have the most hair products and sort of like the weirdest, pettiest freakouts about his towel sort of ungenders the whole mm-hmm. theme of the episode. Maybe I'm it's wrong. It's his second use of chutney in the scene in only 11 episodes. Hey, chutney. <laughs> he says all three syllables. I'm sorry. I said I'd kick the soapbox away. I'll burn the soapbox now. I'm not trying you, That to wasn't a soapbox. That's just okay. you chatting. Wait, Ali, Ali, since we had so <laughs> we're, much we're here to League talk, to you. talk uh, last week. By the way, Hannah, have you ever seen the television show The League? Okay, but heard. Ali's seen it enough for, for all of us. Um, <laughs> any for everyone who's listening. Um... The uh, you do know that our lesbian uh, gynecologist Sadie, yeah, married, married to Paul to, Shear, yes, married to uh, to Andre. Is, are you going to ma- mansplain June Diane Rayfield to me? Is I that just what that didn't was just know little... if maybe you had not, you know, IMD bags them. Well, I'm a big fan of um. How did, of, how did this uh, get made? How did this yes, get made? The they have together. So I'm I'm in the scene, okay. maybe. Uh, that wasn't mansplaining. That was. Do you want me to edit that out? It's not no, a good it's a you. fun fact. I, I I assumed you knew, but it's just a fun fact for the listeners. And I also wanted to bring up. Uh, that I sort of said that you were probably the only person on earth who had binged yeah. the league that many times, and I think my uh, my my uh, business partner Alexander Chester said that was the craziest thing he's ever heard in his life. Right? That you said that you had watched the league eight <laughs> times, and well, I don't know if anybody else reached eight. Fan of hyperbole, we, Alexander. We had Chester. many listeners say that they had rewatched the league a bunch of times. So, Ali, more listeners than we even yeah, knew. Yeah, we I had. score one for score one for the last. <laughs> she was right there. What are, what's your listen? What are your listeners like? Can you describe who? We're okay, they're a little nickish. The, the audience, they're a little nickish. <laughs> I don't know. I think it's it's definitely we have three sort of spheres. We have the people who've come to us primarily aware of Akiva through Renap and and other ventures, and, and then mm-hmm. therefore are sort of sub aware of me because I make little appearances in that world. I think there are some people who listen to the Challenge podcast or might be aware of me through other RHAP projects but don't listen to the Challenge and we're like, oh, I'm so excited to listen to something you do because I don't watch the Challenge. Mm-hmm. And then our most we love mm-hmm. those people, but Akiva and I are most fascinated mm-hmm. by the people who just Googled New Girl podcast and we love have no people. idea who we are, who you are, Hannah, who, what RHAP that. is. It's it's very I, we exciting. I just got that at Pawnee Public Radio. I didn't introduce this. I have a Parks and Rec podcast. Um, wow, I really kept everything out of the intro. But I had a friend text me that his friends were listening to Pawnee Public Radio. And he asked them, oh, do you know her through Northwestern? It was a Northwestern friend that was texting me. And they were like, he was, they were like no, we just love Parks and Rec. And I was like, wait, we found some of the Parks and Rec fans? I would encourage you to, to ask your podcast mm-hmm. listeners to let, reach out to you if they found you not being aware yeah. of you prior. It's very exciting. Interesting. We will get little DMs like, you told me to reach out and I Googled you like two, I'm two episodes in and it's like always the most exciting thing. 
That's so amazing. that's sort of what we're doing here. Also, some people I know from law school, I have two friends who have been listening and none of my, actually not none, but like not a lot of my friends are into the reality TV scene. So that sort of marks the first time people I super know in life will text me. Like my law school friends texting me about new girl old guy is like the funniest mm-hmm. thing to me. That's great. Congratulations so, on finding the new girl fans. I mean, we did nothing to justify it. We did nothing. We did no work to be here besides be here. Um, but one thing I want to say about the Nickish thing and something yes. I don't do to Akiva, but maybe would make the podcast more fun, but I'd have to change who I am fundamentally as a person. That hasn't worked out for the last 29 years. But um, when Schmidt says something that's jar worthy, like uh, it's it's like obnoxious, like, oh, are they hot like Cece or are they like kind of Nickish? Like that's an offensive mm-hmm. comment, but they respond in a way that like takes the the edge off of it like the fact that Sadie sort of gives him permission I mean not that June Diane Ray fails in a position to be giving him permission but whatever she gives him permission to have said that by saying like I did date a woman that looks like you and then just takes it to just like a totally earnest place like oh yeah Felicia I love that and it's like as opposed to what I just did to you Akiva when you said something totally innocuous and I was like you're gonna get canceled do you want me to delete that from the episode yeah, uh, he doesn't say. Yeah, <laughs> but I think it's a good device. That is funny. Show. Yeah, it's just like, oh, you know, that's Schmidt. You know that Schmidt is in like the Charles Barkley zone where anything he says, it's like, okay, you know, he he can't be canceled. I think he can, but there's devices within I the think context of the show. Like he's not going to get canceled. You know, well, maybe we'll I don't know. I'm yeah, just I'm prediction. just guessing through eleven episodes. Log it. Uh, I've written down. Well, we're dealing. Yeah. We're we're dealing. Oh, sorry. No, I no, 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 you, you go. go. No, after this is gonna have this is gonna be thirty minutes, Allie, of us passing back and forth like a Federer and a doll match. I'll, I was not gonna interject. <laughs> I was gonna let that happen. I will the never speak, Anna. I will never speak. You're pardon, gonna... pardon me. This is fun, actually. I lied. I'll yeah. say something. So no, go, go ahead, Hannah. You're the guest. You say something. Well, I was just gonna say we're dealing with that a little bit on um, rewatching Parks and Rec with uh, Tom's character. Yeah. Uh, played by Aziz Ansari that has a similar uh, where a lot of his jokes are like whoa that's jarring but it's sort of like ha 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 that's Tom and watching it back you're like wow um, but I think with both characters as long as they're low status and it's a defense mechanism it almost it's not okay the behavior but it's almost funny but it's when they gain status and still act that way or like aren't in a position where they're struggling with women or something that it becomes even harder to digest, in my opinion. That's interesting. Does Tom really ever gain like status permanently in Parks and Rec? No spoilers for New Girl. Well, he'll like he'll date beautiful right. women. But he's still um, usually the butt of the joke, right? He's the butt of the joke for a while, which again, some of the behavior rewatching it is like, mm-hmm. ooh. <laughs> but, Can I ask um, a question that's sort of not at all what any of us want to be talking about? Great. And you guys deal with this a lot on Pawnee Public Radio because of Louis C.K.'s involvement in the show and like getting through that. And this is not to pass any judgment on the situation that occurred with Aziz Ansari. Like, I don't think we need to break that down, although feel free if if you would like to take that on. But, like, a part of me wonders when I'm listening to you guys, and and Tom's behavior is not debatable in terms of it being problematic, but part of me does wonder if we watch it with a different lens because the actor himself had 
an indiscretion, whereas, like, Max Greenfield is, like, a father of two, perfect angel, like, no complaints. And so I, like, maybe that's just me as a... his daughter during quarantine with cute posts about the teachers. Exactly. So maybe that's just my own problem and I like but I I do wonder if we're if like we maybe it's that not that you scrutinize Tom more but that we scrutinize Schmidt less I I I I don't I don't know that I have an immediate answer I I mean it probably helps that the actor is not involved in any scandal um but yeah, I guess I'd have to, we'd have to make a Venn diagram of what they say and do on the show as well. Um, Keith, you afraid to no, walk into I mean, this it's conversation? No, I mean, it's interesting. The problem is I'm not equipped to talk about, certainly not equipped to talk about the, you know, uh, the new girl ha- half of it because I'm only 10 episodes into the series. Uh, I'm, you know, very familiar with Aziz and the show, but I don't know. Yeah, it is interesting. I, I you know, um, yeah, I mean, it's. I'm trying to. Is there anybody else on your show? I mean, I wonder. Even it's a much different thing, but I wonder, like, if you view, you know, Chris Pratt differently now that he's like probably a Trump supporter. I don't know. You know, like. Oh, I kind of do, but not even because of his politics. Just like once he got divorced mm-hmm. from Anna Ferris, I like never really recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's not right. my business. <laughs> and I don't know anything about Jake Johnson outside of the show. He's a I'm sure he's an angel. I love yeah. him. Um, I can I say I wrote down more like funny quotes from this episode than any other one, and I do five I, minutes. I did. Give a, give I don't show. remember what all of them were. Yeah, let's pivot to yeah, funny because, quotes because because <laughs> I uh, we did watch this a bunch of days ago, and I meant to watch the episode again today, but you know, listen, life got in the way, and by that I mean Among Us. Um, uh, Schmidt's like Ellis Island in the 1800s. That made me. That made me laugh. Um, what do you think about Nick saying, "If you'll excuse us, Julia is about to be very disappointed." Funny, but I don't know. I don't know if Ju- if the real life Julias in the world are gonna gonna love that one. Uh, well, I think Nick's thing is. Yeah. Sorry, you go. No, I, well, I was just gonna say. I think what's we talked about this last week. That sort of like their relationship is clearly at a stage that we can't appreciate because we just met her last week. But like. Even her, like, dropping by at work, like, if they had been on, like, a few dates, it would be very strange for her to just, like, show up at the bar where he works to, like, chill. And he and then he right. has a weird reaction. So I think part of that is, like, or even the fact that at the end of the episode, she just comes to the apartment without him, without even so much as a text to him, I'm coming to your apartment to hang out with Jess. So I think that's more of a, mm. their relationship end. is pretty far advanced, and we just don't appreciate that as Okay, viewers. that's fair. Uh, list of fears, sharks, tap water, real relationships, and blueberries. Can I stop you in this? Mm-hmm. In this, uh, I love. I actually love Akiva. Just reads the funniest lines. But um, interesting little moment between Nick and Jess. Again, we see the development of sort of like Nick is always the one who gives Jess the real advice when she needs it, and now we're seeing that reciprocated. Where Nick is like, I'm the guy you spend more and more time with until you meet your husband. That like really broke my heart, but I definitely like. I think that's real. Excuse me. I think that's like a real thing. And I think I just thought that was a nice vulnerable moment from Nick. But I want to talk more about this sort of is this the B story, Hannah, where like the what are we relationship? If Oh, yeah, because Will, your great co-host, told me to look to the title and the title's Jess and Julia. So their shtick yeah, is the if, A story. If we're breaking it down, I thought about this. Uh, the, the A story is probably the main story is Jess, Julia and Nick. Um 
and, and and I would put that all all the Julia stuff I actually would put in the A story. The main storyline is the dynamic between Jess, Julia, and Nick, which involves the what are they? The B story, the secondary story, I would say would be Winston and Shelby um, as a very separate uh, story. Uh, and then the C, the little the C story, the the third one I would say would be the towel. Okay, so we just got schooled here. I did, and I appreciate it. That's why you're here. Uh, there's no right answer. So in the but. in the, and I just touched my microphone. That's gonna sound like trash. Sorry. Um. So so this whole like that Jess and and Julia struggled to define the relationship. I want to know, Akiva, what you thought about this sort of storyline, this piece, the sub A story. Uh, Jess and Julia defining their own relationship. No, Nick, I'm sorry, yeah. did I say just Nick and Julia? Like the will they, won't they, are they serious, are they seeing other Yeah, people? I mean, it is interesting, dynamic. I'm sure. I think it's pretty realistic, right? Like they're at the point where they know like they right. either need to, you need to put, they don't want to put a label on it. Although I guess like she's the girl I hook up with or whatever, you know, words he, he uses is maybe a label uh, in, in and of itself. But, but they realize like, all right, we're at a breaking point where we have to at least say we're sort of dating boyfriend, girlfriend or not. And they have that funny scene at the bar or restaurant, right, where it's like uh, they each say they're seeing other people. They're seeing them right now under the table. And I'm on yeah. top. Figure that out. <laughs> yeah. Which I, it, it's a great yeah. line. And is that the same scene where it ends with all of them crying? Or is that – is that uh, is that a yeah. – Yeah. Because it's I think a, yeah. I think Jess needs to be put in time out here, at least put on blast in terms of her – like her issues this episode. Well, Go ahead. She doesn't act perfectly. And also, Julia, that's why I, like, relate to Jess. But I think if anyone watches this and thinks, oh, that Julia is just a straight-up meanie, it's just, you know, Jess, def- in, because she wants to be right about Julia, you know, spills, spills that she said that to her. Like, that's not cool. Yeah, that to me is really bad uh, behavior. And and it just and then also Nick telling Julia that Jess told him that is extremely obtuse. I believe Akiva that you would probably do something like that, but it's very what frustrating. Like if Je- Jess should not have told Nick. This that happens Julia on the Bachelor asked, a, le- a lot when there's a bad Bachelor. But he's he, not competing. But like they're not both competing for him. I mean, I guess in a way, except that they kind of are. Like I think the whole dynamic. I mean, yes, I don't think Julia would become friends with Jess in a another scenario, even if Jess, you know, wasn't didn't have a thing with Nick. But I think the whole point is that she does have an energy with Nick, and so it is. That's why none of her motives are as pure as we want our main character's motives to be. So Akiva, what I'm saying is that Jess tells Nick, and she shouldn't, that Julia asked if Nick was seeing other people. And Nick, though, for the life of me, I can't understand. I mean, yeah, he's. I think he's subconsciously self-sabotaging, maybe, or he's just being dumb. But you're <laughs> like, saying, I would Julia, do this? Why are you saying Jess I would told do me. this? I think, I think there's a world where you would accidentally, no. like, not realizing. Yeah, you, I feel like you've Never. done this. I Never. feel like you would tell someone, not in a self-sabotaging way, but in a, oh, I didn't, I wasn't supposed to say that. Uh, you know, Allie told me Never. you said this. Steel you track. would 100% Anybody who has information okay. I've said about Allie, please come forward. <laughs> and vote me out. Have no fear. Kiva and I settled this off air. This is Allie from the editing room. Um, 
Akiva misunderstood what I was saying. I didn't explain it well, but we both agree that he would inadvert inadvertently uh, disclose information that he would think would be uh, no problem, but that I would later be annoyed by. So uh, we settled that one. Back to the show. Um, okay, but okay, Hannah, you mentioned the speech that Jess makes later that starts with "I rock a lot of polka dots." What a great yes. speech! Julia's speech in the bathroom, I really do think, is something I do connect to, where she's like, "I'm the mean lawyer girl who wears suits and works too much, and you're the fun teacher girl who wears skirts and nickel come running to you." I think a lot of it is 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 Julia's understanding that there's a connection between Jess and Nick. Right. But I do think a lot of it is sort of her own self-doubt and shit she puts on herself of like, this is what my life is and guys prefer this. And so that I think is a very relatable mm. speech. And then Jess herself makes a very relatable speech. Great speeches for women in this episode. Yes, lots of monologuing women and I like it. On this podcast and in the show. Yes. Keith, why are you here? I'm just listening. If you're I'm just, listening, I'm just to this. a listener who's who's hearing this live. It's great. Now uh. you're. If you're listening to this, thinking, "Damn, these ladies can monologue." We're just trying to get, give you a feel for the episode. Well, Keith, do you want to explain? Have we talked about the cupcake and kebab theory? Because I feel like this is the episode I told. Yeah, you let's would do that. To I, oh, we have not mentioned on the podcast at all. I'm shocked, but yeah, why don't, why don't you drop it? I right don't know. Now I don't know. Maybe have, no. You go. You no, drop it. It's your theory. You have to. You have to say it. It's really not a theory, and I don't think it's that original. But basically, it stemmed with me, Akiva, and a mutual friend who will remain anonymous. Remain Is she the anonymous. same friend who followed me since childhood? <laughs> yeah. This is all the same person. Um, we were talking about other people we know and, like, whether X and Y would be a good couple. No one who's actually a couple. Like, Puya, this is not about you and Liana. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to start talking to yes. individual listeners. Um but like whether or not X and Y would be a good couple. And I was like, no, they wouldn't. They wouldn't be. And our mutual friend was like, why? Why not? And I was like, because she's a kebab and he needs a cupcake. And she was like, what the hell are you talking about? And I, it wasn't a fully formed theory, but it really just goes to like, there are like Jess is a cupcake and Julia is a kebab. And it's like, I'm a kebab. Hannah, I think you can be kebab. You might be kebab in a cupcake with like a cupcake on a that skewer. That's like a terrifying cupcake. You no, it's not. Into it's a this good cupcake, thing. Thinking it's a cupcake, and then you just get stabbed. No, with you a kebab. see it. You're like, wow, what a cute new way to like <laughs> serve cupcakes. I mean, look, it's not perfect, and it. I don't want it to have the sort of like um, a a qualitative feel. Like it's not one mm -hmm. is better or worse. And I think that's sort of what this episode is all about. Like, it's not better or worse. They're both bad and they're both good in certain in certain ways. They both make mistakes and they both have good intentions. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Akiva, I only brought this up because I thought it would give you something to speak on. And instead, it was just me well, talking Well, it is a great theory. It. I'm happy you brought it up. I hope it sweeps the internet and, and maybe our great nation. Um, I do... I do think that uh, first of all, uh, Hannah, when after this after this first came up, like my entire weekend was just my kids like saying everyone in their life and if they're a cupcake or a kebab and like placing <laughs> oh me God. and my wife and everybody in. Uh, well, you're obviously thorough. a cupcake and Mara's a kebab. No, they they probably think Duh. the opposite. Well, I mean, you don't discipline us. Like I'm just talking about you. Like you, and I don't even know Mara just from the mm -hmm. way you describe her. Yeah. 
So in a good way. I mean that as a compliment. She's the cupcake I'm or the kebab? Sure. I think she's the kebab. She builds all your furniture. She takes yeah. care of business. She tells you what to do. Like, she, you wouldn't be able to survive without her. Oh, no, not for her. one day. You need yeah, the yeah, backbone yeah. of the kebab. Um, yeah, so I, I am I am sort of happy to... And Hannah, you... Yeah, like you could do this from you know now on. Everyone you meet for the rest of your life, you could put them in cupcake or kebab. It's an interesting... It's an interesting theory. It's definitely more interesting than... All men yeah. like cheesecake, oh. or at least more multi-layered. Um, what about this? Yeah, it's also yeah. It, it's 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 sort of a ripoff of the the gardener and the rose theory. Like I like you know that theory. That's not an original. That's every 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 couple needs one rose and mm-hmm. one gardener, and rose like sort of neat. Like Akiva, you're the rose, and Mara's mm-hmm. the gardener. Oh, um, I just and remember. so it's like a relationship of two roses won't work, and a relationship of two gardeners won't work. Mm-hmm. So it's not I exactly want you to that. Publish a book together called Cupcake and the Kebab. It just I just I've got theories, man. I should have entered the hot take names off. of people that not everyone knows and what they are. That's what the whole book um, is. But it's one other thing we didn't talk about when when we're sort of in the like this is semi related. Um, Julia says she's a girl without girlfriends, right? Yes. Uh, so yeah, speak on that, guys. Akiva, do you think that I have female friends? <clears throat> yeah, I think you have more more male friends, but yes, you do have female friends. I have. Yeah, I know. I, I agree. I, I, I just have a lot of friends. friends. No, but I don't have a lot of friends. But I think people do generally sometimes think that I'm not. Yeah, a you're girl's a guys girl. a guys girl. But I but I, mm-hmm. screw that. I hate guys. Mm-hmm. You suck. Yeah, and what about and Hannah? But <laughs> it's, it's less less important yes, what you of guys. Of course, have. I my yeah. female my female friendships mm-hmm. are really important. And I had a friend tell me once about a girl that seeming seemingly didn't like me, but there was a quick shift where, unlike the other story about the other girl, I think we're fine now. Um, but my friend said, "Oh, she just doesn't have a lot of female friends," and that to me is a bit of a it's a bit of a red flag. Because I'm like, what about yourself do you not like? What are the things that society is telling you a woman has to be that makes you avoid other women? Yeah, that's interesting. What are those things, Akiva? Oh, I don't know. I, I just think, yeah, like, what I, are they? is this... Akiva, list the stereotypes of women. Mm-hmm. But I, I do think just, <laughs> well, speaking of one, right, the, the idea of a woman without female friends... Uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, are the is that something you come across a lot though? Like, you know, it's less interesting. Like, whether you or you know, the two of you have female friends, <sighs> yeah. which you definitely both do. But like, I don't know. Is it even a thing, really? I think it definitely is something you're warned about, and it's. I think it is more of a. In my experience, it's like a way that women talk shit about other women in a in a way that doesn't seem like mm-hmm. they're being mean. Not to say that's what happened with your story, Hannah, but like I feel like as it's been deployed in my life, it's like a way to be judgmental about women without being rude. It's like, oh, she doesn't have any female friends. Like, that see, says I found enough. the opposite. Like, yeah. I found that if a there the the you know like in this situation, and I and I get it. Maybe that's just a dig at her of like, well, she doesn't. But it's like, why doesn't she like me? And I can't be given a concrete reason other than the fact that she just doesn't have female friends. And I'm like, oh, so you're making assumptions about me because I'm a woman and you don't choose to have female friends. Well, yeah, I think there's a big difference between the person who says it about themselves, the person Mm. who says, I don't have female friends, 
run from that person. The per but I'm more mean like if somebody if my friend Sally said to me like, "Oh, Beth doesn't have female friends." Oh, that's it's like fair. more of a device yeah. to mm-hmm. talk shit as opposed to like and I'm probably coming to this as someone who that's right. been said about. Mm. Untru- so like I'm a little defensive, but yeah, I mean it's you know what's crazy? None of this would ever apply to men. When no. does a man, like a woman, say like, "Oh, that guy's got yeah. a lot of I, female friends"? I'm trying to friends. think of like a like, man I never. know who doesn't have any male friends. Um, the only context I could think about it applying to a man if if someone started dating someone and was insecure because most of their friends were female. Right. That's the right. Only thing yeah, that, that pops makes sense. Into my head. Um. Yeah, um, couple couple yeah. more lines. Uh, uh, Schmidt needs his towel. It's next to his Irish walking cane. That made me laugh. Uh, maybe the best line of the episode when uh, Jess very confidently says, "I'm going to pay this eight hundred dollar check right now, and my checks have baby farm animals on them, bitch." Yeah, bitch. Which yeah, I'm glad you say that because to me, my one thing is like I get that this that scene was about Jess. But there's, as a Julia, there's no world where Julia just le- lets her leave mm-hmm. speechless. Like, Julia oh, yeah. responds to that yeah. immediately. So I thought that was not true to life mm-hmm. as a Julia. Yeah, that makes sense. No, that's fair. Are we going to talk about, maybe this is jumping around as well, the fact that we get the beginnings of a relationship with zero chemistry. Like, mm-hmm. I like Shelby Fine. I love Winston. But there is zero sexual chemistry on a show that is kind of defined by how much their couples have sexual chemistry. Well, let's wrap up just the real quick resolution of the Jess and Julia stuff. No, don't be sorry at all. But basically, like, again, a kind of a weird moment. Julia comes over, again, with no notice. I guess that's kind of a sitcom thing. uh, To crochet. Um, And then uh, they, they sort of bond over crafting. And... That's how it ends with them. Well, I mean, they bond I like, over. Yeah. Julia becomes a little more vulnerable about growing up and why she is the way they, she is. And I don't know. I liked it. I no, no. Like, it's, though, it's, it's, I think it's a nice resolution. My, yeah. She goes from crafting in a ponytail to walking down the hallway with Nick and suddenly her hair is down. And I imagine her being like, I'm going to ask him to be monogamous, quickly taking her hair down and tousling it as they she enters the room. It's something that I noticed on this watch. I was like, her hair is That's up. eagle eyes. I do like that they sort of resolve both of the outstanding issues with Julia of like, she's going to like take the power and be an adult with Jess and with Nick. They end up dating. Julia and Jess presumably end up friends. Akiva, I want to log some predictions now for the future. Are we seeing Lizzie Kaplan again? If so, for how long? Do any of these storylines continue? Yeah, I don't think we're what done think? with with Julia. I do think we see her at least one more time. It might not be much more. Lizzie Kaplan, I guess, is like you know probably not someone you just have indefinitely for twenty episodes. I'm gonna guess we see her like two more times. Um, you know, Hannah said that it's the beginning of a relationship between Winston and shoot, what's her name? Shelby. Shelby. Okay. And, and, you know, sorry if that was a spoiler. You know, no, no, no. Apologize. Don't apologize at all. Um, because it is interesting. We we talk a lot, Hannah, about uh, Winston gets the short end of the stick with the four with the core four. I mean, you know, Cece is a clear fifth at this point. Uh, who, you know, because Winston's at least in every episode. But um, Winston does, as Hannah mentioned, get the B ep- B story here. Multiple scenes where it's just him. He's out of the apartment. Even he's. Uh, He's the B story for a lot of mm-hmm. the series until 
uh, the writer's room gets yeah, a little more diverse, yeah. and then he starts getting right. into a story. We've discussed, we've discussed, discussed it because Hannah one... and I discussed it prior. <laughs> quick, quick uh, googling of 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 every of the names of the writers. Uh... Do you do spoilers? No, um, no, because Akiva has no not seen anything past. I just wanted to be aware. I no, yeah, nothing, nothing major was Don't certainly do not worry. Yeah. Well, no, he gets a lot of the B story, and I think also, I mean, part of it's obviously the writer thing, but also, yeah, as you are realizing, there are romances mm-hmm. um, between our main characters, and he does not have a romance with, you know, one of the right. regulars, which makes it more difficult. Well, let's, we don't know, let's let's quickly move on from that, because I don't mm-hmm. want to get into it. But I agree, there's no uh, chemistry yeah. between yeah. Winston and Shelby, which at the beginning, at least, is supposed to be the point, right, Hannah, like... That you know he's there saying like all right this is a previous hookup right let's get back to that and it's like oh you're just talking about yourself. Uh, I didn't feel oh. like they was bad guys. I don't I I liked this wow. story. No, I don't think it's bad. No, I, I didn't liked, say it's bad. No, no, but I, liked, I, I go ahead. Let me let me just defend real quick. I I liked I think their awkwardness works in the beginning when he's like failing so hard like with all the endorsements one of my many endorsements a great line um and she's really funny i just the whole time i'm just i'm not feeling a sexual chemistry can i say something maybe maybe this is a stab in the dark but remember winston's uh ego has been like through the floor recently right he doesn't have a job he you know he he, his basketball career just ended it's and now along comes a Shelby who is like objectively right an incredibly good looking woman like it would be very hard for Winston yeah. at this point in his life to have the confidence to you know even have a conversation with Shelby without like peeing his pants basically sure here's my read on this and again I could be just bringing my own life into this like I think that's kind of the point like it's not the point but for me I take it as the point because it's like exactly what happens when you try to revive a failed relationship. Like clearly their relationship ended two years ago for a reason. I love this moment where Shelby gets to plant the rejection on him that she's probably been waiting for for two years because women do not forget and look forward to that. If it's four years from now, 10 years from now, <laughs> I look forward to rejecting all of my exes again at some point mm-hmm. in my life, hopefully. Naturally. Um, Akiva, you're very aware that recently I went on a mm-hmm. date like this, not with an ex. And it's like, like to me, this was so mm-hmm. true to life. You were the Shelby. Um, and Shelby gets and Shelby gets to just smash him down. And then Winston says all of the right things. Like Kelly, my friend from law school, wrote any any chance Shelby actually gives Winston a second or third chance in the real world. Um, Kelly, this feels like a personal <laughs> attack. Of course she does. Um, because like he starts saying all of the so things. Long. Yeah. All of the things that she probably had wished that he had said when they were together. Right. He does all of these sweet things, listens to her. Uh you know, like I hope I'm not that's like such a cute little end thing. It's I hope it's not the last time I see you, but I'm cool with whatever. And he's like, you know what I want to do now? And instead of kissing her, he's like, I want to take you on a date. So like they're I don't think they're supposed I'm okay with them not having this like insane chemistry because they have sort of the awkward bumbling chemistry of people who had chemistry two years ago and like have all of this drama between them. I can see why you're a lawyer. If I ever have a parking (laughs) ticket, I have your number because that was a wonderful defense. I think it's just that I've thing. I've gone down the X road enough times to know how that feels of like no, maybe I, I'll try yeah. this. 
I guess I I guess I see that. I it's it's less. Listen, he behaves wonderfully. He his moments are sweet. I guess I just don't buy it between the two actors, which you've defended why you feel that way. This is just a show that to me is built on chemistry, the chemistry of our main cast, the chemistry of our main love stories. And so when Winston is on this whole, like very clearly supposed to be romantic dating path and that chemistry isn't there on a show where that's so at the core yeah. of so much of it, it's just jarring to me. But your reasons make sense. He's also not co- coming down this path with good intentions, right? Like, I feel like he starts with the, like, you got to get laid, man. So he's like, oh, I could reach out to Shelby. Yeah, Shelby was cool. And then Shelby gives him the business, and he's now like, okay, well, now I have to make things right with her. I don't know that he, it's not like... You know, Akiva, as you said, it Shelby like shows up. He goes after her as someone he could probably hook up with because he's done so before. So I don't even know that he's coming into it with like good intentions. I want to hear about your date now. It was (laughs) with an ex? Uh, No, no, it was not. It was not. Oh, okay. So what do you think, uh, Akiva, of Winston and Shelby, now that that... Hannah and I have both set forth our cases. What do you think the future? I guess. I mean, from? obviously, we're going to see them again. Uh, I'd say, if I was a teacher here, I'd say, you know, needs. Uh, I, I need more information, basically, like an NA. I need to see one more episode of them to really make any sort of judgment call. No, you have to. Do you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gonna, just like, based on what they're talking, be, I do think. I, I didn't. I'll be honest. I would have content. leaned. Maybe we don't see Shelby again. But it, they, it, you know, shows don't usually leave these things open ended. They want to sort of respect the intelligence of the viewers as we've discussed so I do think because their relationship doesn't right. end I, I you know there's no reason why she wouldn't come back but I think then you err more on the side of Hannah although I'm right, not disagreeing he, he this was a huge episode she got a lot of lines for like a, yes. a, a guest star and Akiva still thought probably won't see her again was his first gut reaction even though all the signs were pointing to seeing her again and I'm not saying that they had insane chemistry. I'm just saying I get I why they don't. Yeah. So, no, so and I actually, interesting across the board. you swayed me a bit. Like I said, I can see why you're a lawyer. You've really convinced me of what their relationship represents. Um, but okay, so let's. we talked about the towel scene. Nate K wants to know how much should Schmidt be contributing to the D-bag jar for the uh, sex rant? Is it worse than the failed Jess kiss? When he says, uh, when he goes off, on how women Not gonna uh, should have sex with him. <laughs> never never going to stop trying. Yeah, I mean, it brings me back to, I, you know, I'm still thinking about, what you know, the similarities and differences between him and Tom on Parks and Rec from Pawnee Public Radio and our discussion there. So if, if you want to hear what we've been saying, just pause listening to this and go check out Pawnee Public Radio. Well, Schmidt, um, I, Schmidt's almost worse, right? Because he actually does it. Like, he well, has more a revolving successful. door. Yeah. Like, the, this is the thing. It's like Tom is constantly hitting on women who don't want to mm-hmm. be hit on. So in some ways, that's worse than Schmidt hitting on women that want to be hit on. But then Schmidt is more successful. And he sees it all as a game. Where Tom is unsuccessful with women. For the He's most like an part. incel almost, Tom. Not really. I wouldn't go that far, um, but, you know, Tom, you know, Tom for the first two seasons of Parks and Recreation is in a green card marriage in which he's in love with the woman he married, even though it's a platonic marriage, so she can Mm -hmm. stay in the United States. 
Like, that's not a situation that Schmidt would be in. No, they're very different, yeah. They're very different, but they're both... Um, what was the question, <laughs> Allie? Well, no, we were just talking about, again, who's worse, oh, uh, the sex, Tom or the Schmidt. Oh, the sex rant, and the sex. Oh, the sex rant. How much money for the sex rant? You know, I'm guilty of giving Max Greenfield and Schmidt a pass because I thought that whole thing was funny, how then he the says... The gumbo pot was a funny line. It's funny, but yeah, probably a jar moment. I was a... But I like that they don't overuse. I accidentally the jar. called Schmidt uh, Jake Johnson before. My apologies. Um, Schmidt knows he is the rightful owner of the jar. Like it's all him. The jar is there for Schmidt, and he knows that. What, what about the scene, uh, Ali, where where um, Drew Dine and Raphael Sadie is saying like, I, "What happens? His towel falls off, and he's just standing there." And she yells, you're making me gayer, which made me laugh. That was a funny line. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but but also, it's also a funny thing of that, that line. There's probably not, like, there's very, it's very possible that there's not a lesbian woman in the room writing for this clearly straight woman. Um, it, it is a funny line, but I'm not sure it's a line that an actual, like, lesbian woman would say. Um no, Sadie is a very sort of cartoon. Oh, of course, yes. Even even if she is being written um, by like people in the room with lived, like lived experience of that, I she is. I mean, it's still a sitcom. Like you know, there are a lot of cartoons. Uh, it it is it is pretty funny. It's also what an interesting thing about Sadie generally is. It's sort of like it's. I think it's the foundation of all of her jokes, and so in that way, there's like a lot of cheap jokes like that. Like you're making mm-hmm. me gay or whatever. Um, but it's not the fundamental part of her friendship with Jess and Cece. Like, it's not like she's... Well, maybe I shouldn't say. Do we think she's one-dimensional? I don't think she's one-dimensional as a character, but maybe she is. I, don't, I mean, I, I've only seen her once. I, Hannah, you know, Hannah can... Uh... We'll okay. track it. We'll keep tracking. But yeah, Hannah, you can weigh in. I mean, sure. I think New Girl settles into itself with all its characters. Maybe that's a cop-out answer, but I think that it starts with more cartoony versions of characters. I think, I mean, a lot of shows are guilty of this. But, you know, you have, um, oh my gosh, <laughs> Zoe Deschanel uh, is, the. this is her show. When this got pitched, it was, everyone was saying, you know, Zoe Deschanel had just recently, I think, been in 500 mm-hmm. Days of Summer. Yeah. This was her vehicle to be a heightened, quirky, manic pixie dream girl with, with groundedness like i mean i think it started from a place of like a one-dimensional jess character too like i think this show in its i don't know akiva you're new to it you're so you're this is your only um this is your only experience with the show but i feel like it starts off more well the tagline's adorkable right like she's supposed to be very specifically a dorky uh you know but like right. now she's coming out of her shell, I guess. I don't know. I, I, I clearly they're still finding the character. And we talked about Winston and the date, and Winston not having a ton of major storylines yet. But like you have to also remember the actor. You know, he, they they pull. You know, they pull him after the pilot. Everyone else is set, so he is the new guy in town right now. Right, and even, coach, even, coach had yeah. a very specific mm-hmm. filter. Like even. Uh, the writers clearly knew who Coach was. Um, he has a very specific character and so you're figuring out how to ground jess you're figuring out who winston is and that will take a lot of fun turns you're letting nick shine the more the show goes on you're adding dimensions to schmidt you know you're 
the writers are clearly a little bit lost about what to do with Cece. And so the fact that Sadie is a little bit one-dimensional, I guess my answer is New Girl starts off more that way. No, I think that's super fair. All right, so let's move a little bit away from the episode and get to our shtick. I think, Kiwi, I asked you will what plot lines will continue as we went, so I think we covered that. I'm going to push the Gardner Minute another week, unless did you no, prepare gonna, a Gardner Minute? we're going to start that next week, the official, but, but we're never right. missing again. <laughs> we'll do Gardner Minute. No, Gardner Minute when there's no guest. What if, what if Gen- we never, Garner, the, what if we be never the have... What if we every week we, we just pick the Gardner minute. minutes like the Jimmy <laughs> well, Kimmel? I think, ben I think thing. because now we've said it, okay, we can't right. do it. Could you? Could like, you I think cut that if out? literally just organically out, we did it funny. every week. No, 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 because okay, I want to have the Gardner minute. <laughs> I think Gardner. Do you, guys want, do you guys want me to leave the room first? <laughs> no, no, no. Um, we're doing great. So let's do Kiwi Guide, which changes every week. I just like the name of it, but we have two questions specifically for Akiva. That's going to be the Kiwi Guide. So Justin Ramsey. You uh, have to read it in an Australian or, accent. I was going to say writer. Oh, I'm, I'm terrible at accents, famously from the Challenge podcast. Uh, but he is the, the author, the creator wow. of our new theme song, which if I can figure out, I will have played at the top of this episode without mm-hmm. acknowledging it. So thank you very much, mm-hmm. Justin Ramsey. Allie, the gardener of this um, podcast. Does, yeah, yeah, you're a rose, all right. Does Ali crochet or on the Ooh, more Engog style? That, I feel like that's how he N-gog. would say Engog style phrasing of the question. Does Akiva that's think Ali crochets? Question. That I, I, Hannah, I get trapped like four times a week. Ali, I'll be like, Do you think I? Do you think I like lemons? <laughs> I love the way Akiva impersonates me because he's the only man who wouldn't make his voice yeah. deeper to impersonate. Um, I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> Like nobody yeah. would do my impression, not yeah. man or woman. Like, the, but no, I'm just I will. Men I, I, what I'll do is I'll smoke for five years and then I'll do a really good Ali impression. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. There, there it is. Fun. But like nobody would do my impression of like Akiva. Do um, I like lemons? Like, yeah. No so I think that you probably can, and you, but you, it's not a regular part of your life. That's my guess. I don't crochet, but I do have yarn and knitting needles within reach. I'm a big, I think you know this, I'm a big craft starter, mm-hmm. but yeah. not completer. Okay, that's fair. I have no doubt if I learned to crochet that I'd be mm-hmm. fantastic at it, but I You're would like only do it for about an hour. When she said that. Akiva, do I'm I I'm really crafty. Ooh, um. <laughs> oh boy, I'm in a real pickle here. I'm going to, I'm sort of neutral Catch the drool. Catch I'm gonna, the drool. I'm gonna. Kiva. I'm a little bit neutral here. I. Oh, any answer I have is good. I have an answer. I'm I know the say, answer. I want to oh, hear geez. each of your answers. Yeah. Do you know while Akiva's thinking, uh, Hannah, that Akiva salivates anytime oh, no. he hears the word pickle? <laughs> yeah, that's why okay. I said catch right, your drool. <laughs> I do that when I hear the word warhead. That's so interesting. Oh. Like lemon warhead. Does it get sour? I think about. How sour it is. There's no yeah. sweet warhead. I don't know. Maybe she likes sour. nuclear no, warheads, Allie. I, I okay, think well, sounds you like a man with four can, kids. Uh, similarly, you can, but maybe it's not a huge part of your life, Anna. That's my guess. Okay. My answer is that you do not crochet. Um, I don't. I had a traumatic crocheting mm-hmm. experience as a kid. Um, Thank you. Where I was making a hat. It was like in an after school program and I was almost at the top of the hat and they said I messed it up and they undid the whole hat in front of me and I never went back. I'm working on a crochet theory, but so far I'm (laughs) one for one. Yeah. 
All right, so Kelly uh, says, feels like Cece won the episode, yes? She crushes at the beginning and intensely, sorry, she crushes at being an intensely supportive friend to Jess, is funny, and is even kind to Julia at the end. She has the range. Kiwi, yeah, I do think, we don't do one the episode every week. We really should and keep track of it. How great is it that my friend from law school who has no idea what the Seinfeld podcast is, is the one who's like, latching on to your segment that you don't yeah, even remember to do every week. Yeah, Cece probably <laughs> has to get the win. Um, I mean, I thought Julia was pretty good in this episode, but yeah. I have a winner give it to us. for me. I I know I shit on on it earlier, but I think wow. Shelby won the episode because she she lived every girl and guy's dream of the ex comes crawling back, but now you have all the power. No, but she fails because she takes him back. We all fail mm. because we oh take him back. Oh my gosh, I've been lawyered again. Every parking <laughs> ticket, I'm coming to you, whether you like it or not. I I can I can feel the law school. You're right. She takes him back. She doesn't win. I was arguing about television before I ever went to law school. But, um, all right. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think this is an interesting one interesting that Kelly picks up Cece. on with Cece because I don't know that I feel like anyone overwhelmingly won. But once Kelly was like, it's Cece, then I'm like, yeah, Can that makes you, sense. Can I ask you two a question? I, but she doesn't have any role. Oh, one make it one question. It, the ribbon hat kills three. me. Give me the two, ribbon hat. I want to wear it. Two Northwestern grads, one that. question. Uh, in my notes, sure. it says the words, you are Jewish. Do you remember what that refers to? Because I don't have any context. Yeah, probably his penis. Oh, yes. Yeah, what? yeah, yeah. It's a circumcision. His, okay. His penis is being circumcised. All right, circumcision. retract the question. Wait, remind me. Wait, Wow, what? Allie no, wait, just what? seemed like, Allie just then thought I was a pervert. No, it's when um, Schmidt's towel dropped. Oh, Jess says, oh, oh, you are Jewish. One of them yeah. goes, oh, you are Jewish. Because of a circum- you know what I, I me- assume the mm-hmm. circumcised penis. What I immediately thought of, and that was a fun moment where women get mm-hmm. to objectify men. Like, I liked that, just mm-hmm. them spitballing uh, shit at him. But... What I thought of is your yeah. balls yes. from Seinfeld. You're Jewish. It's like I was like, was Schmidt no. being anti-Semitic? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Well, is is that also why we forgive him for his sex rant? Because he's literally in an because apron he's naked. No, because he's oh. in an... <sighs> no. Um. Wow. The implications of that definitely not. No, I was gonna say. Oh, Hannah, you missed last week when when Akiva said that only Jews and Muslims are allowed to guess in this podcast. Well, we so if you think you're gonna oh, get canceled, oh, I remember that. I listened <laughs> I'm surprised to that. you didn't say like, you know what? I'm gonna hard pass on this one. <laughs> Which I I hard pass that people are bringing me into. That. It was a I joke, guys. Said it was that's a joke. not correct. It's a joke. It's a joke. That was my vote. Um, but I was gonna say because he's not. He's naked in a like a like a apron he's not in a position of power so his sex rant is viewed more comically because of that he's the naked one whose penis they just all saw i i mean i also i also like tom <laughs> like i like that's like bad to say like i think no it's not bad we just had a we just recorded um tom's divorce uh and it will be coming out on oh it, it, it's either out or it's not out go check it out at Pony public radio but um <laughs> And we we really enjoyed Tom in that episode. We're not across the board mad at Tom. It's just interesting. We're we're critical of some of the behavior as no, we should and, be. And that's exactly I think what's great about these rewatch podcasts and 
it, it's sort of a challenge in doing it because I've watched New Girl recently and when I watch it I watch it with a more critical eye because I'm taking notes and we're discussing things and listening to Pawnee Public Radio which you know I love to do has given has sort of made me watch Parks and Rec with a new eye so I think it's awesome and valuable to be having these conversations yeah um, and some of his behavior is really bad he'll just terrible hit, he'll terrible. Hit, he'll objectify and to no end when she doesn't want that and even getting further down when they date he like wears her down she says no a bunch of times like calling out bad behavior isn't necessarily saying the person is forever bad and or wholly bad especially a tv character i'm i yeah. i totally agree um keith did you have another uh, that question? was it i i'd like to give you know hannah gave us so much of her time i want to give uh tell my my one uh, pony public radio story i have well what? i was when when my when my uh, great friend but not pierre uh ali lasher was on the show <laughs> i was i was listening and i realized you know every friday night i shut off um all, all technology and stuff for 24 hours, Hannah, for Shabbat. And I was listening, and I realized I was really up against the clock, but I wanted to finish the podcast because who wants to, like, listen to the rest of, you know, the last 20 minutes of a podcast 24 hours later? I don't even you know do, the story. You do, but you weren't interested the first time I told yeah. it. Um, the So I took – I was taking a shower, as one does, like, right before Shabbat. And oh, it's not TMI. 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 You said this. It's not like a gross story. Did you have a clean? Did you Wait, have did a clean? Yeah, I did. TMI I mean, the first time you told me. <laughs> Wait, did I say TMI? You the did, first time and there's you told no the reason to say too? TMI. It's not a gross story. <laughs> I'm just laughing because it's, no, it's have... not. It's not a gross story. But we are now picturing you in the shower. That's just the I'm reality. consistent. Yeah. I'm nothing. So anyway, not so I took like to my phone it. in and I, I have it on, which I don't normally do. But I figured like I'm up against the clock. I'm not gonna unless I go to two X or three X. Uh, it's not gonna happen. And Wait, you started at 1.5x? Oh, normally how I listen. <gasps> I, I'm against that. I reject it, and I think that's why my time, against my me. time is not very, made for one and a half x. Yeah, clearly. So, Look what you're doing now. Okay, yeah. But I will say, for those who want to go tune into my podcast, 2x mm -hmm. would be too fast. I'm too mm -hmm. fast a talker for 2x. It just becomes gibberish. I invite you not to listen if <laughs> oh you're God. listening on 2x. We don't have, we can't half, afford more than, not you know, losing a few. 1.255. Okay, so I'm in the shower. And um, and we have like uh, the shower I was in there. There's a, um, you know, the uh, shower curtain. And for some reason, I slip in the shower. And then <laughs> and there's a tub. Right. Oh, and no. I and I like start like <laughs> oh, falling gosh. like it's a cartoon. <laughs> and I, I fall into oh, the no. curtain and all of a sudden I hear a crash and it comes down. The curtain completely gets ripped off. The bar that the curtains on falls off. <gasps> I, oh, no. And now I'm like sort of half on the on the, the like where you'd be sitting on the tub, and I fall out of the tub onto onto oh. the floor. Uh, but look at the difference between me and Hannah yeah. receiving. You said TMI. Story. Like I I felt like I wanted to like come back. Like there was no one else in the shower with me. Like what what do you like? And I know, but ahead. I think Allie, the reason yeah. I'm gasping and worried and you're laughing is because I it's my podcast. Yeah, and I'm trying to finish. Yeah. There's a guilt feeling. No, I'm, I'm laughing. Going. I'm laughing that you and I are talking while it keeps so, falling to uh, his well, naked yeah, death. Yeah, so I was <laughs> thinking, uh, yeah, and everyone else is probably like lighting candles already at this point, like getting ready. I'm always last. And and like somehow I braced my fall on like the shower curtain and, and maybe like the towel or like a, something was on the floor. And then like, then I sort of get wrapped. Oh, no. I try to get up. I get wrapped up completely in the curtain. 
Um, and then my wife like has heard, the, heard this like unbelievably loud bang and has come running, but the door is locked, which would have been maybe the funniest visual in the history of the world had she like. Akiba, you're too old to be locking the door when you're in the shower. I'm too old. I have even, children even I who could walk into the, the like that's. She, he has children. But you though, let them. Allie. Yeah, but if you fall in the shower and got hurt, you should. Oh, lock oh the you door. mean you like I should get a, a little? When you say too old, you mean I need to get like a device on the floor? Okay. <laughs> How? I, mean, Thir- I just know, turned thirty-seven. I mean, she thinks that's like a hundred. No, 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 no. I don't actually. I mean, no one should be showering. That's with crazy. The door I would be. I don't think anyone should shower with the door door locked, and you have four kids running around the house. I live alone. I, okay, I you're, don't. You're you're 11 year old and Wait, up. He's knows on the enough floor not to go naked. In. I want to know what's but, happened. I mean, I'm worried about his future life. I'm worried. If that's about how I go, Allie, it's how I go. I better, you know. <laughs> my, if I said, if I asked my kids, like, no, you're right. Actually, Mara could take the hinges. She, off they the door could break swiftly. down the door in two seconds if they needed to. Come on. Yeah, 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 yeah. She's yeah. the plow. I'm sorry, the gardener. <laughs> she's the plow. She's the kebab. She's, she's the kebab. Uh, All right, go ahead. So you, you got so a I was fine. You're yeah, I was fine. Just some bruises. I did get to finish the podcast before. Okay. Before, uh, before going lights out for 24 hours. Your commitment. Hours, yeah. Oh my gosh! For those listening who might want to check out my podcast. This is not the level of commitment mm. we expect. If you fall naked and are bleeding <laughs> out, you can pause us. Um, mm-hmm. With that, great story, Keeve. We're going to thank our five-star reviewers. Uh, JDog1040, ha, 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 F-F-A-T-Z-B-W-F. Look at Evan. Hey, Evan. I'm looking. All right. Lainey M. and Loose Goose 07, who... Uh, had a one-star review who changed it to five because it was a positive five-star review, one-star review. So thank you for correcting Wait, that. Wait, I just Luce submitted Goose. five stars. How do, oh, write a review. I'll do it right here live on the podcast. It also doesn't yeah, it might register take a right day. away. So thank we'll you thank you next, next week, Hannah, but we'll oh, thank you live. No. Okay, then I'll save You're going to forget. I'll You're going to forget if you don't do it now. No, see, I'm, I don't know why, but whenever I'm introduced to a new podcast mm-hmm. audience, my first fear is, I hope they don't bully me. Yeah, no, family, family and I do only, think a lot like, of the people like people don't know us from like you know the the news. Like they like people who know us also know you. Do you know what we mean? It's like the same sort of internet circle. I mean, I hope so. I just I went on a virtual mm. first date right before this podcast. Um and the thing that was the most jarring was how confident and he was in his social skills. He had been he had bartended for 10 years and I just was like he was like yeah like this and that and and I just kept saying I'm fascinated by the lack of anxiety like yeah social anxiety couldn't and, be me and, yeah. and I'm like I don't know <laughs> I mean he was very cute I might like mm-hmm. to talk to him again but I just don't know that I'm compatible with someone with such confidence i think uh, a, a young missy a friend of vernap a uh, friend of mine told me this weekend that i am like a five on the crazy fun like oh. on the fun scale and i need someone who's like as seven to nine so i do think that there's like some balance required so i think this mm-hmm. might actually be perfect and do you think what Allie from the editing room you guys notice akiva scoff when i thought when he thought i was saying i'm a five on the crazy scale and not just the fun scale if you missed it, go back a few seconds and listen to the disbelief in the scoff. I just had to vent for you guys. What I deal with. Unbelievable. You're going, sorry, I, when I, you're going I, on this I mean, first date, do, like, do they know you're verified on Twitter? 
No, so this was let this was not so he had he he had said he wanted to do something fun on the first date and I had said let's do a virtual first date. I'm very covid conservative. Um I'm very careful. I even if I did meet up, it would probably be social distance at first. Um I, I don't know how people date in a pandemic because I am <laughs> very much not going out and about in, in into the world. Um but so we did a FaceTime first date. Uh, and I, I enjoy that that's an acceptable first date now. I don't have to leave my apartment. I just, um, what was the question? Does he know that you're verified on Twitter? That was, that was not an answer to that question. I went into so many details. Hannah, Hannah likes him. Yeah. This is very clear. Can Hannah we get updates this on this guy no, going forward? Know. Or are you going to save that for your podcast? Yeah, we'll follow up. I, I, it, you know what? I wasn't miserable or bored, which to me qualifies for a good first meeting in a dating context, which I know my bar is low, but I'm usually either miserable or bored, or it feels like work. Mm -hmm. On that note, I have to encourage people, if you are interested, to give us five-star reviews. We would really appreciate it. Oh, no, and I'm distracted so I do want to say, stars. I do want to say um, that we got some of the most backhanded compliments I've ever received on iTunes, but I don't care. I it's fine. Uh, you know, including, I'm going to be honest, I'm not a fan of Ali's challenge coverage. We have completely different takes and tastes, but I do enjoy hearing her talk about New Girl. Okay, great. Well, glad you're here. Wait, that sounded uh, like a five-star review. Oh, no, it may not have been five stars. That I got that was like, we get it. Oh, you no. were on Survivor. <laughs> Enough already. But I like this podcast. And then we got uh, one of my favorite podcasts. It might be better than Renap. Oh, yeah, I'd love to hear that. Ooh. And then someone wrote every ten times you say inside baseball, gonna forward this lower this rating. Sorry, oh, every time you say twice. inside baseball going forward, this rating goes yeah, down one star. So that. again, just to have three no, but it's just funny, three in a row of like pretty mean five star views, yeah. but I'm here for it. But see, um, this doesn't quell my fears that I'm gonna be bullied. No, no, you're gonna be fine. We we also if you don't like the podcast, we invite mm -hmm. you to stop listening. We don't care. Um and but we're at 188 five star views. I think we could get to 200. Maybe it'll give two weeks. I like to set reasonable mm -hmm. targets. So if you've been thinking about it, you've been liking it, but you're like, eh. If you're like Hannah, who's like, I'll wait and see what the feedback is. Uh, this is the two-week window to do it. Again, make sure you're on our radar now because we're on episode 12 next week. We are... Are we halfway? Is it 24 episodes or 22 in the first season? Uh, I think there's 24 or 25. Okay, so next week we'll officially be halfway through... You will be halfway through your window to be come with us to season two before we close the audience off to new listeners forever. Um, tell your friends. Let them know. Going out of business sale here. Uh, you can go to anchor.fm to subscribe. You can search Old Guy or, I, or Akiva on iTunes. New Girl, you have to scroll a little bit. Um, we really, really appreciate the feedback. We are going to be... Uh, dropping this episode prior to the November mm -hmm. 3rd election. Neither of you guys know I'm going to say this, but I'm going to say go vote. I was Go vote for Joe Biden. When I'm going to say gonna... that. <laughs> please. Yeah, please, please vote. Um, you know, here's the deal. If you really want to bully me, you can do mm -hmm. it if you go vote. Only like, voters are allowed to, to bully me. Listen to this podcast while that. you vote. 
We've we've given you an hour and thirty minute podcast to listen to in line for the polls. Stay in line. Uh, get your vote in. If you if you need help, there are many resources. Call a voting protection hotline. Uh, call a friend. Call me. Mess- DM me. I'm happy to help. Um, just make sure that your your voice is heard and your vote is counted. Um, it's really important. Please and- vote, or else we're gonna have to go move in with the Kiva. <laughs> yeah. Kiev, you yeah, vote for Israel? Vote. Yes, you get yes. an absentee? Overseas. Yes. Yeah, no, yeah. Do you? <laughs> you yeah. can vote. Do you vote? All right. So with that, that, the greatest, most important plug of all has been plugged. Um, Kiev, I know that you just launched a Renap episode with Corey B mm-hmm. to tell the truth. So you can check that out. I don't know what's going on with 32 fans, Football. but I'm sure something's Football. cooking there. Football, baby. Mm-hmm. It's tis the season. Yeah. Hannah, you can... I, I do the plugs here. <laughs> Hannah was uh, has mentioned this, but one of my favorite new podcasts this year, uh, Pawnee Public Radio, with the great Will and Hannah, and hopefully mm-hmm. we'll have Will on at some point. Um, a great dynamic duo. Will, one of my favorite people I met in 2020. Granted, I met very you few met people in person? 2020. Um, oh, okay. No, just like through the podcast. All virtual. Hannah, do you have anything else to plug? And do you want to maybe introduce yourself? Okay, I'll introduce myself. I'm Hannah. <laughs> That's not a great introduction. Um, I mean, it's kind of late. No, but please check us out at Pawnee Public Radio on iTunes. We're also at Radio Pawnee on Twitter. You can check out everything else I'm plugging on my Twitter and Instagram, which is at Hannah Lil Nesson. It's just my first three names, but Rob Sesternino loves to say it's weird, but it's just my names. Um, yeah, and all the articles I write and things I do, are usually, I usually promote through those social media pages. There you go. You can follow Keeve at Keeve26. You can follow me at Lash Tweets. You can subscribe to our podcast at anchor.fm slash new girl. I'm on TikTok, Ooh, old TikTok guy. but it's oh. bad. That's hot. It's, That's it's hot, not baby. Good. It's not good. I What's feel your TikTok really old handle? on TikTok. It's also at Hannah Lil Ness. It's the same as my uh, Twitter. Did you think Hannah Lil Nelson Nesson was Maybe taken? Maybe by a, some Survivor super fan could be. I just I keep posting these TikToks. Nobody watches it, and then I just get a bunch of random people asking me Survivor uh-huh. questions, and I'm like, read the room. I'm making a spoon bend in a TikTok. <laughs> music video like this is just for okay so nobody i'm right, checking check it out, out right now TikTok. just a hip teenager lipping, living her hip teenage <laughs> rad life i That's simply must go guys oh, no. i must end the podcast oh my gosh, I'm but so, this yeah. is a fantastic this has been so thank fun you so much for the having has me flown. both of you thank you for letting me this monologue a on a podcast that wasn't mine hannah we loved having you come back anytime um and with that we will see you next week. oh keith Episode 12, The Landlord. Uh-oh, what do you think it's going to be about? are they going to lose the apartment? I feel like The Landlord has to come fix something, or maybe he's maybe he's raising the rent. All right. We'll see if the rent goes up uh, next week. Dot, we might dot, dot. we might be dropping a bonus episode next week. We'll see how we feel after the election. So vote if yeah. you want another episode no more of episodes New Girl of this week so we catch up. Please vote. This week. All right. We will see you next week.